Well, I'm excited about the new year. I've, um, I've called my, my message today, because it is the 1st of January, I've called it First Things First. Okay, First Things First, on the 1st. No, that doesn't bother the title. But First Things First. Do you know, do you know that, that God has not a, just a what for you, but He has a when and a how for you? I'm going to say that again. God only doesn't have a what for you. He also has a when and a how for you. Do you know that Abraham believed God and, we, and he is credited with righteousness because of that? Because God said to him when he was 90 years old that he would be the father of many nations and he believed God. Even though his, we're told in the book of Hebrews that he says his body was as good as dead, he, he said, okay, it'll be as you say it is. But you know that he didn't quite believe God. It took a time for him to become fully persuaded. Because God said to him, at first, it's going to happen through Isaac. He's going to happen through you. Well, he didn't quite believe that, so he tried another route. And that's why we have the Arab nations of today. Abraham chose another way. He tried to do it in his own ability. And what we can learn from the, the, the story of Abraham without going into, there's so much to learn from that, but there is a what that Abraham believed, but he only became fully persuaded. In Romans chapter 4, it talks about being fully persuaded when he believed not just the what, but who. It wasn't going to be through Hagar and Ishmael that his descendants were going to bless the earth. It was not going to be. It was going to be through Abraham and through Sarah, and then his firstborn, Isaac. And that's powerful, because so often we get into the flesh, and we decide that we're going to make things happen. We have a promise from God. We know that God's going to do something. We feel that God's going to do something, but we say, no, I'm going to do it my way. Ever heard that? Ever thought that before? Don't raise your hand, because we've all done it. We do that. We, we all do that. And, and, and so the, 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 the warning, though, is that Listen, guys, it will be disastrous. It can bring a lot of hurt and healing if you don't wait on God, not just for the what, but for the when and the how. Amen? Um, that's all I'm going to go with that today. It is a powerful truth. But how was your 2022? How was your last year? You know, I'm not, uh, was, it a, was it a good year? Was it a difficult year? Was it a challenging year? Was it a, a year that you were felt challenged in the, in, emotionally, uh, that you felt fear, or you, you, had, you had challenges? We all had challenges, I'm sure, in different capacities. But the question I'm asking you is, how was your last year? Because all of us are always going to have different things that happen to us. Every one of us. But you are not a victim. You, I'm going to say it again, you are not a victim. You are an overcomer, and you are called to be victorious. But you see, the world will tell you, you have an out, you have an excuse. The sickness is your out. This thing is your out. This thing that happened towards you is your out. And so you'll be tempted, and you will be, to get out of the game of the kingdom you will be tempted to step out of the game of the kingdom for an excuse and play victim. Oh, it's because I've got fill in the blank. Because of this person, because of my spouse, my boss, my sickness, my, you will have a lot of opportunities to blame. 
But you know that every one of us are going to have things happen to us, but how we respond is our choice. That is power. If you realize one thing today, realize that your choice is power. How you choose to respond to what happens to you makes all the difference. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if we have a total change in government. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter what happens to you. Jesus said, "Take heart, I've overcome the world." It doesn't matter what. Your power is how will you respond to what has happened? You see, if you want more of the same, listen to me carefully, if you want more of the same, don't change a thing. If you want to, you see, you can change things simply not because of your circumstances and things happen to us. I'm not saying that. But how you have victory will change depending on how you choose to respond. Will you choose to be a victim and to roll over and play dead or to play sick or to play whatever it is and have an excuse? Or will you choose to believe God and take the bull by the horn so to believe? That is your choice. You have power. I've just finished a, a series, well, recently, well, I would say finished, it's not really ever done, I've got so much more I could can, about how to live an abundant life. And, and, and we, we finished off a couple of weeks ago, just before Christmas, with, with about how mercy and grace play a, a, a huge part of that. And, and I mean, we can go into a whole powerful teaching about how grace works in our heart that enables us to overcome. Grace gives us the ability to choose differently. Grace changes how we are going to approach this next sign. Grace gives us the, the zeal and the motivation, not only for good work, because grace works in us that makes us able to do what we cannot do in our own ability. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to make another statement. If you and I or anyone is trusting in your own ability, you are in the flesh. That is what the flesh is. The flesh is trusting in your strength, your ability. You and I are not designed to do it in our ability. That should be good news to you because God never designed us to have victory by our ability. He's not saying, pull up your bootstrap, pull up your socks, pull up yourself up by your bootstrap, try harder, 2023, give it another shot, run at it again. Sometimes a year to year can feel like running up a greased slope. Some people are exhausted. Some of you all are exhausted. You've run at that hill once more. Yeah. Roll up your sleeves. Okay, God, I'll, I'll try one more time. And you're going to give it. A, and, and you know what? I commend you for your faithfulness and trying to do But listen, you're not strong enough. It was never designed for you to be strong enough to do in your own ability. This is not a game in the flesh. That is what grace is for. That is what grace is for. And honestly, there's a book in the, on, the, on the book stand over there called Grace, The Power to Change. It's a revolutionary book. If you haven't studied that book, I highly recommend you make it one of your annual reads to get into it. It's really excellent, but it show, it, it, you, the, the author will show you and teach you extensively about how grace is not just an excuse 
Grace isn't so that you can roll over and God still loves you. That He does anyhow. He does anyhow. Grace, grace, God is, God's love is forever. God loved us while we were still sinners. He loves you today. He'll never stop loving you. That's not the point. Grace isn't about that. I, I spoke uh, again in that series about the difference between mercy and grace. God's desire and willingness to treat you better than yourself is, it, than you and I deserve is mercy. He's always merciful. New every morning. Mercies are there. Mercies are there. Mercy makes what is what makes us, motivates us to run forward to the throne of grace. It makes us willing to come because we'll know we'll find grace and mercy to help. Sorry, I should say other way around. We'll find mercy and grace to help in a time of need. You see, grace is what helps. Grace is designed to help. Grace will be an internal thing that you have to lay hold of. And as I said, without grace, we will not have victory in life. And, and there's so much more that we can and will teach on that topic. But grace shows you that without grace, we cannot have victory in life. So when you want to try, and, and listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shooting it down. If you want to try again, you should want to try again. But I'm telling you, I want you to take hope in this. You don't have to do it in your strength. Not in your ability. You and I need the grace of God. Praise God. Because suddenly it doesn't just depend on you. You are a co-laborer with Jesus. Listen to that. You aren't meant to do it alone. You are supposed to co-labor with Him. The Spirit of God is in you. He is one with your spirit. And He is going to help you to accomplish and do what He tells you to do. That's good news. <laughs> Grace. You see, external actions versus internal mo motivations, they, that's a, it's a big deal. But, you know, um, when, we, when it talks about, you know, I'm not going to go into to grace and how grace and faith are related because we do access grace by faith. And, and simply, we access grace because we believe God is and does the way His Word teaches us to do it. You can't access grace without trusting God's Word. If God says it's this way, then guess what? It's this way. doesn't matter you say, well, my opinion, my opinion is it's not that way. Okay. Well, how's that working for you, would Dr. Phil would say. It ain't going to work for you. No matter how you see it, there is only grace. Only when you say, okay, God, I want to do it your way. I want to believe it your way. Can you access God's grace? That's when you can, but listen, you can boldly approach the throne of grace because there's mercy and grace to help in a time of need. Amen. You know, the heart, and you know, grace works in the heart, and, 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 and you, you know we teach this always about, it's, un, it's so important to understand the, the heart, but I, I wanted to use these, this famous verse I've used often, but I want to read it out of, out of the Amplified, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. I love that. I love the way they amplify it. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. The message says it this way. Keep, vigil keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Because this... You know, we, we, we all get to a new year and we say, you know what, I've got to have my New Year's resolutions. And those are great. 
And, and, and I mean, I don't know how many times you've run up the hill again and you've, been, you've had some victories and some New Year's resolutions or you've not. You know, but we, we often plague ourselves because, you know, I really ought to do this or I really should do this or I really know I should do this. And, and they can be filled with really whatever it is. It could be a diet. It could be, a, it could be I need to pray more. I really should be reading the Word of God. Well, we should be. We should be. All of those things are good. We should, we should have life in balance. We, we, we need to, to, to be in the Word. But if you're doing it from an external, if you're just trying to motivate yourself mentally and you're trying to do it as an external thing, you will wear yourself out. It's just the way it's going to happen. When you, however, get grace working in your heart, it changes your motivation. And this is the Word of God. When, you've, when you trust God's Word... When you believe God's Word, that's what faith is. The Bible tells us that faith works by love, it says in Galatians. I think it's 5 verse, where is it? Galatians 5 verse 6. That faith works by love. Why is that? Because you trust them, you trust Him who loves you. You see, when you are, you know, all this whole Christianity thing comes together in one thing when it's, for God so loved the world. God loves you so much. When you understand and grasp and, and, and take home and get rooted and grounded, as Ephesians 3 says, in God's love for you, then you know, you know His faithfulness. You know that His names are true and forever set. You know that He cannot be a liar. God's not a liar. You, your, your faith grows established in His character. So faith works by love. You trust Him because you know He loves you. You trust his word, because you know he loves you. You trust what he says in his word, because he loves you. That's as simple as it is. It's not complex. It's because he loves you. If there's any goal that you should have for this year, I'm telling you, the very primary thing you should, have, you should always aim to is to grasp and understand and learn more about how much he loves you. Because it all hinges there. It starts there. And needless, I hope I have never have to say this. If you feel like, oh, because God loves me, that gives me an excuse, then you're not understanding. It doesn't, love is, and grace has never been an excuse to sin. Sin, as I've said so many times before, is what destroys your life. Sin will destroy your life. It's not about that. It's about, it's about grasping and understanding and falling in love with Him. That's it. He loves you. You know, when, when, if, if you have a spouse or been married before, are married, and you're in love, you know that, that love cannot be demanded, cannot be expected. You, when you fall in love and you're, when somebody falls in love with you, it's not like you say, oh, well, I'm going to have to go and spend time with that person who loves me. It's because you love them. It motiv love motivates you. Love drives you. And God, God's love for us drove him to the garden. created Adam and Eve for fellowship. He created all of those things was for love. He is the one that was wandering in the garden after Adam's sin saying, Adam, where are you? God has never stopped loving us, loving you. 
No matter how far you've fallen or how many times you've missed it or what you have said, or even if you think that you have committed the unpardonable sin. Let me tell you, I can't teach on that right now because I'm not going to, um, but if you are even worried about you've committed the unpardonable sin, you haven't. If it's even a thought in your mind, you haven't. Simply put, the unpardonable sin that it talks about is those people who have rejected God and don't care anything about His salvation or the plan that He has for them. They will not even care. They will don't believe in Him. They won't ever want to believe in Him. That, that is committing the unpardonable sin. When they, when they totally reject, if you are even slightly concerned that you may have, you haven't. Let me tell you that. And it's a lie from the pit of hell if you feel that's the case. Well, maybe I've just committed the unpardonable sin and I don't know it. No, you haven't. You haven't. It does not matter what you may have done. God loves you. Let me tell you, this, this is so important to understand because the whole plan of love and creation comes down to, well, we'll get to this, but it, it comes down to the cross. And, and, and we, you know this, and you see that we're going to be celebrating communion, and it's all about the cross. You know, and, and, uh, and, and so we're going we're gonna to get there hopefully soon. <laughs> but, 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 you know, there, there is first things first. If, if God, God has a way of doing things. There are kingdom priorities. There are, there are principles that, are, that God has put in place that we can't ignore because we know He loves us. He's going to show us the way. He's going to show us the way because He loves us. Amen. So I just wanted to talk about this briefly. I, 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 we can teach about it another time, but there is the principle of firsts. You can see it right from the Old Testament through to the New Testament. God has always been, has always wanted to to, to institute the, the, the principles of firsts. And, and let me, the, the principle of firsts, basically, I'm going to read out of Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. It's the principle of firsts. You see, we, <laughs> we see something like that and you say, well, God is mine. Do you know that that God as always leads by example. Guess who he gave? He gave his firsts. His firstborn. Only begotten. He gave his firstborn. God honors firsts. And, and when we honor God, there's a whole thing about first, setting apart. And it says it in, um, to set apart the first that opens the womb. And then, um, you, then it talks about in, in that chapter a whole a lot of things about that. I, you know, in verse 14, it says, And when in time you come to your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And, and he says, when, when you, your son is going to notice when you put first things first. He's going to say, Dad, you know, why are, we, why, why are we putting first things first? Why are we doing He says, because we have been redeemed. We were delivered from slavery. I am putting first things first because I am redeemed. I am set free. I am no longer a slave. 
That's why I put first things first. Do you know, I always used to wonder, and I'm just going to throw that out there. I always wondered why, why um, right in the garden that Cain, Cain's gift, you know, talk about Cain and Abel's gift. Why was Cain's sacrifice not as acceptable as Abel's? Have you ever wondered that stuff? Like, geez, well, you know what's kind of interesting? Cain didn't give the first. Abel did. You go and study it. Abel gave his first of his flock, where Cain just gave an offering. Something to think about. But first, first, there's the first, there's the first fruits. The first fruits, listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you, pro- of your, you produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. Um, Exodus 23, 19. The best of your first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Now, it doesn't say give, it says bring. You don't give first fruits. You bring them. Why? Because they're his. Now, listen, guys, carefully to, you know my heartbeat here. This is not manipulation. I'm teaching you a principle of firsts. God said, bring me this. That is mine. You see, when we call Jesus Lord and we do not say, and we don't say, well, I'm not going to bring, you are not putting, you're not putting faith with understanding who and what we are serving. We are bringing him. We are putting him first. We are honoring him in the way he said we should, all, we should do it. You see, when you put God first in your life, you're putting the first things first. When you make him your first love, sorry spouses, but there should be your spouse, you should be blessed to know that your spouse is in love with another. Their first love, their first one should not be their children, should not be you. There is a principle of first. It's honoring the Lord who brought us out and redeemed us. And listen, you, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to encapsulate a concept here because you could easily take what I just said and say, well, nobody else matters anymore. Your children, you, Shannon said your children and your spouse don't matter. That's not what I said. In fact, God requires us to be, to be a blessing to our child, children and our spouse and to love our spouse like Christ loved the church. So I'm not saying that. Don't take this out of context. I'm just saying uh, what, where, where we are, where we, what God has asked us to do was to put Him first. Okay, so I'm going to just say that because Matthew 6, you know this. Kingdom first, right? Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. First, not second or lost. It's a, it's a powerful truth. And when you, when you, you know, in, in fact, if you start in Matthew chapter 6, um, that's, we, just re, we just read was Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. But if you start in chapters in, uh, oh, sorry, chapter 33, sorry, verse 33. But if you start in verse 19, it talks about, it, it's, it, it's talking about concerning yourself. You guys are worried about stuff. And, God, and, and, and it's beautiful if we could, take, we could take weeks and unpack the beauty of the power of, of, of how to put God first. But in from 19 to 33, he talks about how you, your treasure is where your heart is. And it's about not putting your stuff in. Listen, God knows how to clothe the, animal, clothe the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And, and if you put him first, there are huge secrets in about faithfulness and about putting things first in, the, in that whole passage. 
about putting first things first. I mean, yeah, there is so much. I'm just so tempted. I'm, I'm, I, forgive me. My, my purpose for today is I want you to grasp that concept that your father loves you passionately and that passion and love respond, will demand a response. When you understand how much he loves you and you respond like he will you, and you put first things first, things will work for you. Things will work for you. It's not because God dials something, gets up his throat and he says, okay, well, they, they gave me a tithe, so let me go and chur, chur, you know, turn the wheels. Okay, now that they've earned their, their healing. Oh, now they've earned me. I'm going to bless them because no, 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 no. That is not, God is not responding because that would be dead works. You cannot get God to respond to you. God is who he is. If you understand that God is who He is, yesterday and today and forever, you can't change His mind. We sometimes think that our prayers change God's mind. Oh, I didn't really want to heal them. But now that you ask me, okay, I guess I will go and heal them. Are you kidding me? He is Jehovah Rapha. We don't ask God for healing. He is the healer. We learn how to flow with them. We learn how to get our hearts. We learn how to flow with grace and access grace by faith because we live in a fallen world. We learn how to... So you're going to have to stick with us and come back again. If you're a visitor here, welcome. <laughs> but but if, that, if that doesn't make sense to you, you've got to, you've got to grasp onto that, that, that concept that God has for you always ready to... For you, free for the taking. Psalm 103, I wish we had time to just, if you just go home and read Psalm 103, not only does it says, forget not all these beings, he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, and he goes through all these huge blessings that he's given us. But Shannon, it's just, you just, you know, if that was true, then I would just automatically be healed. Nope, you've got to go and read and understand and grasp. We live in a fallen world. We have a body, we have a brain, we have a mind. With one, we see this, but we, don't, we, we refuse to have our hearts persuaded of truth. Our hearts get hardened in certain areas, all of us, me included, maybe me especially. And sometimes we get ourselves and we think, hold on a second, but as we align our hearts with truth, we get heaven to flow out of our hearts where he is, the one that is, and we get heaven to flow and establish themselves in and through us. The river doesn't stop flowing or start flowing when you say a magic prayer. You access it. You unlock it from the inside. I don't have that concept. Stick in Jesus' name. <laughs> Anyhow, like I said, I, I, I feel on my heart that I felt the Lord saying to you today, I, I, for us, for Lake Haven, was so much love and passion. You don't have to roll up your sleeves and rush at it this year. If you feel burdened by doing it, don't rely. You are relying too much on your own ability. You can trust God for the grace that you want to read your Bible, that you want to pray and spend time with Him, that you want to put Him first. Why? Because you love Him. 
you're responding just out of that heart of love. That heart of love is coming. You've been so won over by that love, that free love that's given to you, that you're just like, oh my gosh, I want to give. Do you know that that's a response of love when you loved? When you have been loved, you want to love. And that's why you'll put him first. It's not, it's not a demand. So, so please don't hear what I'm saying and try and superimpose it to say, okay, well, Shannon's talking about, I've got to do this again. Roll your eyeball the kind of thing. Like, now I've got to do the kingdom thing again. I've got to put him first. And then if I do that, then no, that's, you, you're hearing works. You're hearing, you're hearing works righteousness. You are not yet established in faith righteousness. You're not established in what the communion means. You see, the communion establishes a remembrance. The communion establishes a remembrance of what He did that forever took our sins away. In fact, in, in 2 Peter, it talks about um, this. I wonder if I, I'm going to go just to, um, where should I start? I'm tempted to start. I'm going to start in verse 2, and I'm going to read through to verse 9 of 2 Peter. May grace and peace be multiplied to you, to you in the knowledge of God of, and of Jesus our Lord. Confirm your call. Oh, sorry. His divine, um, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through our knowledge of Him that called us by His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us precious and very great promises. And I, you've heard me teach if you've been here for a length of time on this passage. So that through them, through what? The great promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of evil, of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness or faithfulness, with, godly, with steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. I don't know how many of you, and like me, when I used to read this, I was like, whew, what a list of stuff that I've got to do. Man, I've got to do this, and then I've got to add this, and then I've got to add this, and I've got to add this, and I've got to add this, and I've got to add this. And then the promise comes, and it says this, for, in verse 8, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can have ineffective and unfruitful knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it, and it says that we participate in the promises because of our knowledge of the promises. Stick with me here for a second. Then it says, uh, then, then it says this. For whoever lacks these qualities is, is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. That's the key right there. You see, you can forget that you have been cleansed from your former sins. If you don't partake in a worthy manner of the communion, and that's all it is, Partaking worthily of the is not saying, Oh God, I never sinned, I've confessed every sin. That's not what partaking in a worthy manner is. Partaking of a worthy manner is to understand you, you are not the one who's taken the judgment. The judgment was placed on Jesus. 
The judgment was placed on Jesus. There are, I have so many scriptures that I could rattle off that says that he has forgiven us of our sins. Hebrews chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We can carry on and carry on about how he has forgiven our sins. But when we understand, we don't recognize that Jesus has taken the judgment of the world. Jesus. I'm just going to mention this in passing because I like, I'm leaving loose ends. I know that's not how TV writers like to do it, watching a movie. But I'll catch up on some time. But, but you know that when John 12 talks about, and you know, that, that when, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. There is no men in that passage. In the original, John chapter 12 says, when I am lifted up from the earth, and by this he was signifying what, how he was going to die, he will, that, that has got nothing to do with men. Sorry, I know I'm, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you with, what do you mean, Shannon? You're a heretic. Let me just leave this church. It's easier than trying to figure you out. No, no, no seriously. You know, you, you know, when it talks about, Jesus said in that passage, if you go and study that piece of, it says it very clearly. Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. And now the prince, this world has been cast out. But when I am lifted up, I will draw all to myself. If you have a King James Version that puts those in that word men in italics, because it's not in the original, the translators threw it in because they thought it made sense. But pull out all your strong and all your interlinears and go and check it out. There is no man, men, or there in the original. You've got to read that passage without what the translators thought it said. Now is the judgment of the world. When? Now, Jesus said, now the, this, the, the God of this world will be cast out. But when I am lifted up, I will draw all to myself. What is the topic? What is the subject of the passage? Judgment. I will draw all judgment to myself. This is backed up by Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. The, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The punishment... That was due us, was poured out in full. God never excused your sins, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. He paid for them. He didn't ignore them. He paid the full price. That means the punishment for your every sin was literally paid in full. How much do you owe for that sin? Um, X amount. X amount on that. Every sin was literally paid. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. That is the good news. Because you and I do not have a sin that has not been fully paid for. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what we celebrate in communion. Every sin... Now, going back to 2 Peter, he says, if you add to your this, this, and add to this, and, and how do you add these things? By not forgetting that you've been cleansed from your past sins. You have to daily remember that you are, not, you are cleansed from your past sins. You've got to establish your heart in faith righteousness, that I'm not righteous because I got, I got excused, I got a freebie, I got a get out of jail card free. You got nothing for free. It was paid for. 
it was paid for. But when you understand how much you are righteous, that, and we're only righteous in Christ, in Jesus, as you've heard me say. When you grasp this, that I'm in Christ and I have his righteousness, that's when we see the exchange. My body, we eat it, we consume it, his body for ours. His blood of the new covenant. You see, there's things to remember and there's things to forget. When we get to a new year like this, this is why I like to have communion. Because there are very important things that we should forget, and there are very important things that we should remember. But you know what? We often mix those up. We forget the things that we should be remembering, and we remember the things that we should be forgetting. We should not, we, it says that you are nearsighted to the point of blindness, forgetting that you have been forgotten. That's why when you remember that, that you have been forgiven, that, I, that, that, your, that the right, your righteousness in Christ has been paid for, that the full punishment, the full punishment that brought you peace was upon him. What? I'm delivered from every curse? Yes, every curse was on him. Every curse. There wasn't one curse that was missed. You mean that? Yes, every curse. But you see, why? Why don't we get it? Because, it's, because we just, it takes a while through this hardness of here and here to penetrate. We need to soak in it. Sometimes it's kind of like those pots that you need to soak for a while. You need to soak in it a little bit. It takes a while to like, oh, hold on a second. And you get, oh my gosh. And, and, and I'm telling you, this is a secret because this is why in 1 Corinthians 11 it says this is why some of you are weak and sickly and some of you have even fallen asleep. Some of you have died. Why? Because you haven't got this peace yet. The judgment was on him. You're drinking the judgment on you. And you don't have to. You've got to remember the judgment was on him. He paid. He paid. So when we get up here and we're going to do a communion in a minute, you've got to understand when we, uh, we're going to take, we've got bread over here. I want you to tear a chunk of bread so that you can chew more than a little cracker full and you can chew on it. And remember that when you're going to be eating the bread, what he's done for you, that he has paid the price, that you have been forgiven. You are loved, and I said to you, this is one of the most important things you can get grounded on, is how much God loves you. And then next is to understand what the finished, it's a full word, finished work of the cross. The finished work of the cross is the punishment that was on him, that, uh, that, was, that was due us, was on him. That you have been forgiven. Now listen, I know you religious people. Listen, not all of you are religious. But I listen, I'm talking to myself here. I know, I know, I know, I know religious people because I was one of them and I may have still some of those remnants. But immediately you say, I can't believe that. If I believe that, then I might just go run out and sin. I might just run. If that's what you're hearing, then you're not falling in love with the lover of your soul. Because it should create a response where you are so falling in love that you want to. That you want to put kingdom first. You want to put first things first. You realize that your whole life is just there for giving. Listen, I, I've known so many people. I've met and traveled. And, I've, and listen, 
you have a full life to give and an honor to give your life. If you just live it for yourself, you will be disappointed. I'm not saying you won't go to heaven, but you will just feel disappointed because you have got a life to give. You have got a redeemed life to give. You've got so much to give. Amen.